Success stories and interviews with game changers and thought leaders who have overcome both in life and in business. Welcome to Vertical Momentum. Guys, welcome back to Ver- Vertical Momentum. I am your host, Richard Kaufman, also known as the Comeback Coach. Guys, this is going to be an amazing episode. You are going to want to get a pen and paper down, especially, especially if you're someone like myself that struggles with type 2 diabetes. This episode is going to blow your mind. We are having one of my newest friends on. He was on a great episode of my friend Lauren Harris's uh, podcast, and I was truly amazed. He comes from musical royalty, but why I wanted him on, because he's an award-winning actor, director, producer, television host, and he does everything else in the world. So I want you to welcome my friend, Charles Maddox, to the show. What's up, my brother? Hey, Richard. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, man. I, You know what? I loved you when you were on Lauren's show. Oh. I actually watched it three times. Wow. wow. You blew my mind. And if Lauren's watching this, when I had him on my show last month, I actually called his show Bathtub Moments. And uh, he kind of said, uh, it's not Bathtub Moments. Yeah. Bathrobe Moments. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to say, Lauren, I apologize, brother. And I love No you. problem. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what's going on in your world? Oh, man, just just, you know, working on the new launch of the series that, uh, you know, we we air every and a new episode every Friday. So tomorrow or really tonight at 12, um, I'll put up a new episode and uh, I'm actually going to put up two episodes and um, and uh, just really working that, you know, it takes a lot to to continually work a show and work a project so that, you know, uh, uh, the people see it, you get the the right movement, the right social media push, the right PR push, the right, you know, uh, everything you need to do to really be able to reach the masses with um, the project here. So really just working that and being a father and taking care of kids, you know. I love that. And and, and as we both know, um, being a father takes the number one priority in our lives because that's the best thing that we can ever leave our children is a legacy definitely definitely so give us a little bit of background where are you from um where'd you grow up and what kind of little boy was charles (laughs) well i'm i'm from the caribbean you know mother and father from the caribbean um jamaica uh west indies and grew up in uh born in brooklyn and grew up in long island new york uh is more most famous for you know, Belmont racetrack. And, and, uh, I think they even have a real housewives of Long Island. I think I'm not sure, but, uh, but, uh, great, great place to grow up. And, and, uh, I was a good kid. You know, my mom was a, a hardworking woman who sacrificed a lot. She literally probably took, um, the bus almost two and a half, not the bus, the bus and the train, uh, from Long Island to Manhattan. Uh, the last stop actually in Manhattan, um, to, to work, uh, every day at, uh, Merrill Lynch. And that was probably a two and a half hour trip that she had to do in total, um, uh, every day. So I, I was a good kid. Didn't get into any trouble. Always was, 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 uh, you know, working on things around the neighborhood and playing with the kids and really into football at the time. And, and, and running and track and things like that. Yeah, I was a good kid, really, really, really studious. 
So what made you, your family move to here from, from Jamaica? Well, you know, obviously, you know, mom wanted to, you know, get a, a create a, a, a better life for herself and obviously for, you know, her, her, her kids. So, you know, uh, a lot of people move to, to, you know, from, from different places. And uh, I'm really proud of, her. I mean, she saw it literally, I mean, from, from nothing and, and, you know, ended up with a great job at Merrill Lynch and, and which is, you know, a big financial institution and, um, you know, uh, really proud of the, 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 the sacrifices that she made, you know. So, so who's part of the family was Mr. Bob Marley? That's my, that's my uncle. So that's my mother's brother. So what was that like growing up? Because, you know, a lot of times when you grow up with somebody, you know, when you know somebody famous that's in your family, did you keep it on the down low for a while or did everybody just? <clears throat> well, I was, I was very young and um, I didn't, I didn't know he was um, anything until, you know, until literally um, I met him twice before he passed. But obviously, you know, he was a big star and, and I was a little kid. And, and uh, when I met him, it was when he was uh, in New York, when he, um, uh, well, the first time he wasn't sick. Um, I think he just had come to New York to do a concert, one of his last uh, concerts at Madison Square Garden. And that was the first time we met and we played soccer in, in, in the hallway of the hotel. And then the second time was when he was sick and... Um, that's when I met him at the hotel again, and and he had his um his dreadlocks in a in a paper bag, and uh, I asked him, you know, why why he had that like that, and he said that he was sick. So, um, you know, of course, I, I was too young to to ask any further yeah. questions or really get into any detail, but it, it it's something that left a mark on me. And, and I think as I, you know, I did go to his funeral, which was, you know, a mega, mega, the whole Jamaica came out and everybody else in between. And, uh, and I remember being in his studio and, uh, it was a, it was a touching, it was a touching moment and, um, that I never forget. And, um, that's, that's kind of what made me realize that, Hey, you know what, I, I've got some blood inside me that I'd like to, um, continue doing some good work out here and trying to help some people. I, I didn't know what I was going to do back then, but, but, you know, I kind of got off into music and film and things like that. You know, one thing I'll have to give your mom credit for, you know, cause I'm here in Jersey, so I'm not too far from you. And yeah. um, I, I've been out, stuck on the LIE many times on a Friday and mm -hmm. it really sucks. Uh, but, you know, one, one is getting a job in, in corporate America back in that time. One, as a, a person of color and second, a female, I give her so much credit to, for sticking with it and succeeding because a lot of people wouldn't even have tried it back then. And if they did try it, a lot of them would have quit. So I just give her a lot of props and credit. Yeah, no, I know it's it's uh, I, I, at times I don't think um, I don't think we, you know, especially in the older generation, you know, not that I'm that old, but I mean. You know, if you're if you're over 35 or over 40, um, you know, I don't think we we realize at times what uh, our parents really had to to give to to give us that uh, American dream. You know, a lot of them really had to to sacrifice and 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 uh, work hard and fight hard to to get us where we needed to be. So 
I definitely am thankful for, uh, I mean, it taught me a lot. It taught me, it taught me so much about being a man and being a father and, and, you know, what I want to, you know, be for my children, you know? So when did you first start getting the acting bug? Was it in junior <laughs> high school? Um, I think I was just out of high school and, um, and I was making music at this time. You know what I mean? I was, I was in, you know, we were trying to, you know, get our demos and get seen and, and, and all of this stuff like that. And it was, it was ironic because it, yeah, everybody knows, I'm sure Russell Simmons and, uh, you know, he's a creative Def Jam, which created, you know, everyone from Public Enemy to, to, to LL Cool J to Beastie Boys and everything. And, and I remember I used to run in, in, in into him at the clubs and, and I'd be trying to get him to listen to my, 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 my demo and stuff like that. And he kind of brushed me off. And long story short, I, I ended up with a manager that ended up connecting me to Russell because she was good friends with him. And lo and behold, next thing you know, he wanted to give me a deal. And and I, I said to her, because I had just had my son at this point, that I wanted to be on Sesame Street. Um, that was my goal as far as acting. It was just to be on Sesame Street. I didn't know how I wanted to do it or what, but I knew I wanted to do it. And, um, and she had a, a friend who was at one of the biggest agencies in the world and connected me to that agency. And then next thing you know, they started sending me on auditions and I'm like, okay, you know, I mean, and, but I started booking these roles and, um, one thing led to another and, and, and that's kind of how I got into, into, into the world of acting. I mean, uh, it definitely was trial and error and, and because, you know, initially I didn't take, I didn't really think much of it, but I remember, after Deborah Quilla is probably one of the biggest cast and directors in the world. She's casted everything from Shawshank Redemption to you name it. And I remember I was in front of her one day and I, man, I was terrible. And, and I can, she was just going to try it again, Charles, try it again. And I, and, and I got worse and worse every time I tried it. And, um, and I realized at that point, I said, man, I've got an opportunity here to change my life. You know, if I do this thing right. And I said, you know, I'm never going to mess that up again. So next time I came to see her uh, was for the film that I starred in and played the title role in with James Woods and Elizabeth McGovern um, and uh, called The Summer of Ben Tyler. And uh, I came in there, man, and knocked it out the park. And um, that's kind of when I, I really started taking the acting thing seriously. So let's go back to the music because I'm a big music guy. <laughs> so I'm a big. I, I've always loved music. I'm a big R&B guy. Okay. So what? Who's who were some of your influences, and who did you? Who were you? Who were you emulating in the music scene at that point? Um, LL Cool J. I mean that that was you know my I wouldn't say my era. He was older than me, but I mean that was the person I looked up to. You know, um, and I remember being in the house in my uh, in my my room in the attic and. Uh, I seen this, I saw this video come on, I need love and I'm bad. And I said, oh my goodness. I said, you're telling me that, you know, that somebody could live like this? And um, and Richard, what was interesting is he didn't live far from me. He, he probably lived uh, by car, maybe 40 minutes. So I remember getting, uh, uh, I saved, I worked at a deli and I, I saved to get, uh, um, a car and um, 
as soon as I got that car, Richard, I, I, I went to which the area he was living in is called Farmers and um, Farmers no, Boulevard. Know it well. I know it <laughs> so, so, Richard, I went up to Farmers and I started asking around, where does LL live? And uh, people were like, you know, some people are not, they didn't know. Then, then some people were like, um, oh, you know, go down there. I think he lives down there and then so on and so forth. And uh, ended up finding his house, Richard, and um, knocked on the door. And um, his mother, came, his grandmother, his grandmother, the infamous grandmother, she came out and went, what do you want? And I said, well, I'm looking for LL, you know, and uh, he ain't here, you know. And uh, so I did that a couple more times. And, and one day um, I did it and she said, hold on. And uh, he came to the door. And um, he invited me downstairs and, uh, you know, it was it was a game changer. And I kept I kept coming back and kept, you know, and then I would see him again and see him again. And and uh, and we started to actually make music together and I would hang out at his house all the time. And his his a condo that he had in, in uh, near uh, uh, um, I forget the area, but not too far from where his mother, his grandmother lived. And uh, so that's kind of how I got the, the, the music bug. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, especially back in the 80s, early 90s, late 80s, you know, New York was a hotbed. I mean, you had 50. Well, back then, you know, you you had Hova, you know, you you had a lot, you know, you had Biggie that came out, you know, Diddy came out a lot of, and the New York scene was happening. I mean, it was, it was a hotbed for music. A hotbed, Richard, for everything. I mean, to be honest, you, if you, you, you know, it, if man, it was just it was it was like you ever see that movie, and I'm sure you heard the Great Gatsby and yep. that 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 scene where it's just everything is just jumping and popping, and and that's how New York was back then, you know. So now, okay, now you get the acting bug, mm. and you know who were some of your biggest influences? Because you know, like I I've, I talked to some people, and one of their big biggest influence was um, Mr. Denzel. Okay. And, now, a lot of people always ask me, because I'm, I'm on a lot of podcasts, and I tell them, I said, you'll probably never guess what my favorite movie of all time was. What What is? What is it? It's just a Denzel movie. Okay, okay, okay. But you got to think, so I'm a 53-year-old white guy. So uh, I think what my favorite all-time movie is. Of, for Denzel. For Denzel. Um... um <sighs> I'm, I know I'm a big fan of Malcolm X. That was it. That was it. <laughs> that was it. And what got me, because and I because I read the book three times and I watched the movie like ten times, is you know when he was sitting in jail, and he said, "My body may be in prison, yeah, but my mind is free." Yeah, exactly. That just blew yeah. me away. And then at you know the end when everybody when he started realizing people are just people. Yeah, there's no color. Yeah. Every so that is my all time favorite movie. And when I tell anybody that, they're like, "What, really?" So was Denzel one of your one of your? Um, no, people? no, mine was uh, Anthony Hopkins and oh. and Morgan Freeman. So uh, you can't you can't lose either one of them. No, no, I, I was a big uh, and, and you know what's interesting? I mean, I kind of you know the play the the, the film I starred in was uh, you know with James Woods and Elizabeth McGovern. It was set in the 1940s, and and I kind of utilize what uh, Morgan did in, in in driving Miss Daisy for this role, 
And, uh, you know, it was, I mean, I was nominated for, you know, a Golden Globe and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, you know, and so I, 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 you know, I think, you know, imitation is the form of flattery. And, and obviously I didn't copy him fully, but, you know, everybody <clears throat> takes a piece of something to make, you know, something uh, memorable for whatever they do, you know. And he started <clears throat> very humbly. You know, he started, what was it, Electric Company or what? Yeah, Sesame Street, yeah. So Sesame, Sesame Street, so he started, you know, very, very humbly to become the man he is today. Yeah. I think yep. if, if I died and never made a movie about me, I'd want to be <laughs> rated. I know, right? I know, him, or, right? him or James Earl Jones. I'll, oh, I'll, my I'll, take, I'll take either one of them. Oh, my goodness. I've met James, too, as well. He was working on a film uh, when I was working on a summer of Ben Tyler, and he actually wanted to meet me, and I went to his uh, his place where he was uh, staying and, and uh, met him, too, as well. So, you know, you've been everywhere. You've been on CNN, Dr. Oz, Fox News, all, all those. And you, I got to gotta tell me about Martha, because I – you know, I've I have friends that know her and she is just such a sweetheart. And I think the relationship between her and Snoop is truly, <laughs> truly incredible. You know, it is. It's like two people that you put together. You never would think, but they know no. a bond it, inside, it, you know. You know, I think I, when I was on her show, this is when this is before she went to jail. So she was, she was, she was nice to me, very nice. But I think she still had a little air of the cockiness, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Because um, she wasn't always the sweetest, the sweetest person. If if you if you if you heard stories of Martha, you know, um, it's when she hit that jail mm-hmm. and 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 all those friends of hers, you know, turned on her and, and walked away from her and, and, and all of that. I, I think that's when she became, uh, you know, what she is now, but she was definitely very sweet. Um, <clears throat> and, and, um, but, but <clears throat> I, I think, you know, after that experience, she really humbled herself, but I had a great time on there. I mean, I've worked with Oprah too, as well. I've, I've done, the cast read through with Oprah and Denzel, uh, Oprah, Sam Jackson, uh, Jonathan Demi from Silence of the Lamb, Lauren Hill. I was actually supposed to play uh, Lauren, uh, uh, Oprah's husband in in the movie Beloved. Um, so we had the cast read through for that. So that was an interesting experience too, as well. And you talk about another humbling story. See somebody that came from nowhere. Yeah. To make it. But now, like, the one thing I got to say, talking about Martha and Snoop is, you know, when Snoop was on his trial for his life, mm. a lot of people turned their back on him. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's where him and her can yeah. actually, can they, you know, they can jam because they, they both know what it was like to, you know, be going through the stuff and having the people thought they had their back. They really didn't have their back. Well, no. anyway, like I said, when I have people on the show, it's just like, two brothers having a cup of coffee. So, of course, of course, of course. I'm, I'm so grateful that you, you, you're taking the time today, and I'm truly humbled and thankful. So now, everything is happening. You're kicking it. You're crushing it. <laughs> Talk about the day when you find out, oh, snap, my sugar is probably three or 500. I'm a type <laughs> 2 diabetic. 
What was you know, you, you know what's crazy is, and that's the sad part. And I think this is one of the reasons why I've become such an advocate is because I didn't know what my sugars was uh, I, and my sugar was. I, I literally just had a weekend where I was just using the bathroom a little bit. And I was at a friend's house and I said, man, I, I should go to the doctor. I'm peeing a little bit too much, you know, and uh, didn't think too much about it, you know, and uh, maybe thought it was something I was eating or something like that. Um, so I thought, you know, let me just go to the doctor. It was a weekend and I thought Saturday, a little weekend doctor. And, and I went in there and just thought, you know, I was going to get some antibiotics or whatever it may be. Maybe I had a kidney infection or what didn't know. And he came out and he said, do you have a, a history of diabetes? And I said, diabetes, you know what I mean? I, I had no, I had no idea of, of di what diabetes was, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, and I was in my, you know, early 30s at that point, you know, and um, <clears throat> and uh, he came back and he said, well, I can put you on some medication. And uh, he didn't tell me what my number was, was he didn't tell me, you know, any, you know, go see your regular doctor or go follow up or change your diet or exit. He didn't say any of that. And uh, I literally I got in a car. I didn't even tell my friend what what I came there for. I was so terrified. And uh, went went home and got on the line and 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 in on the internet and just started doing some research and and that was even worse and uh, you know that's kind of what made me say you know I want to kind of tell my story of 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 somebody who is diagnosed and and what you know what what you do and and one door Richard led to another and and. I started finding out things about, you know, food companies and understanding pharmaceutical companies and understanding also the role that we play in our, our type two di diabetes journey. And, and um, that's that's how I'm here, you know, and it's ironic. It's really crazy because I think if if you know, got, if I never got diabetes, man, I don't even know where I mean, where would I be in my career? Not that I wasn't doing things, but I mean, it totally took me to a whole other you know, the world of that, that I never thought I'd be in. And, you know, and it's, it's a life changer. And, you know, a lot of people think like, you know, um, that it's a death sentence. And, and some people had to learn the hard way like me and it really affected my eyesight. Yeah. So talk to us about, you know, when you found out, because, you know, if you ever, a lot of people, when, because you know, the reason I want to talk about this is, most of our listeners are veterans and when they get out of the military like five years later they're like 40 pounds overweight mm. type 2 diabetic and you know so i want them to be able to talk you know be able to hear it from the horse's mouth because i know you did a lot of research and we're going to talk about your documentary and all that but you know what if you ever go up wikipedia or whatever and look up diabetic diet yeah the diet that they put you on it's all carbs. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's like if you follow that diet, you're guaranteed to have diabetes. Yeah, yeah. So talk to us about you know the real and not the stuff that's put out on TV and local news. Exactly. You know, the, yeah, there's a lot of diets, and and initially when I was diagnosed, um, I didn't know what to do either, and uh, the internet wasn't kind to to, to understanding what to do. Um, and, but I, I said to myself, Richard, I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm, I'm going to do God's diet. I said, because I'm not figuring out 
what to do here. And I didn't know a nutritionist. I didn't know a dietitian. I didn't know a diabetes educator. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to just eat some lean meat, uh, some fresh fruits and vegetables and, uh, and drink water. That was it. And I lost literally Richard, maybe I want to say 20 pounds in, in about a month and a half. Um, and, and, and if I look back now, that diet is a low carb keto diet because I, 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 I got away from rice. I got away from carbs. I got away from starch and sugar and I just ate lean meat and, and, um, uh, some vegetables and, and every now and then some fruit. So without even knowing I was almost probably doing keto and, and then I also used to lift a lot of weights. So I stopped lifting weights and just did a whole lot of cardio. So I would walk hours a day and, and literally it just peeled right off. So, you know, over time, you know, learning, you know, nutrition and learning how to take care of myself and, and be an advocate for others, you know, I, I bumped into a few uh, things such as, you know, keto and low carb and, and uh, which, you know, you know, if you're a diabetic, if you, if perfect example, if, if you have high blood pressure, obviously, if you stay away from salt, it's going to be a good thing, right? If you have high blood sugar, if you stay away from sugars and stay away from carbs and starches and, and things like that, it's going to benefit you. So for people who have diabetes, we want to, we want to eat a low carb um, or even a ketogenic uh, 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 diet which consists of all the things you love. I mean, I just had, Richard, an unbelievable steak um, with some cauliflower rice. And you're talking, that's keto. So, you know, if you get up in the morning and you want some bacon and eggs, go ahead. That's keto, right? Because you're not taking in the carbs, you're not taking in the starches and the sugar. So this is actually, to be honest, an unbelievable way of eating that you know, still allows us to, to have some of the most the, the, the beautiful foods that we love, right? If you want a good salad, go ahead and have a salad. You know, if you want some broccoli and some ch some cheddar cheese on top, go ahead. Um, what we're staying away from is 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 uh, the rice, the potatoes, the French fries, the the things that uh, that we really, to be honest, which you know are bad for us. Um, and with those simple changes. Um, we could change, we could really change our health. And, and, I, and I'll say this and, and then uh, give you the mic, but, you know, the, the diagnosis for me was actually a blessing because had I not had been diagnosed or, or gone in there, Richard, and, and, and because of those symptoms, I might be dead right now because I, I wouldn't have known that I had to make a change because of diabetes or, or uh, uh, high blood pressure or things like that. I might have you know, ended up in the hospital with a, in a diabetic coma and died, not realized. And so at least right now, I know where I'm at and I know what I can do to fix it. Yeah. Now, I, like I said, I was in the health and fitness industry for over 30 years. And, you know, when keto first hit, it was hot. You know, everybody was talking about it. Um, but a lot of people don't realize that, you know, back in the day, because like I said, I'm an old man. Uh, it, it was the induction phase of the Atkins diet. It was pretty much the first 20 days of the Atkins diet. And a lot of people started getting fallacies. You know, your cholesterol is going to go up if you eat that. But no, because for you guys that are listening, your body actually goes into ketosis, which will actually start burning stored fat for fuel. And what is hot, what is cholesterol? Fat. So it actually helps. It actually helps you 
clear out, clear out your arteries and stuff like that. So don't believe all the, the negative hype about the keto diet. So now once you started doing that, um, what did you, how did you start to become an advocate? Because, you know, a lot of, like for me, I, you know, I grew up down South Yeah. and um, you know, everybody, you know, if you, if you didn't have diabetes by the time of 60, there was something wrong, you know, because everything is fried food, you know, sweet tea is, you know, six pounds of sugar and a little bit of tea. Everybody ate, you know, all the fried foods. So how did you start, you know, cause you have to start with your family around you and, you know, and, and if you're going to, anybody's going to be success, successful, you have to start from the family unit out. Yeah. So I'm sure your kids had to be looking at you when you're like taking, there's no deep fried Twinkies, I'm sure, at the, <laughs> at the Maddox house every morning. So what was that like? And then how did you start helping other people out? Um, yeah, I, I, I would say, like I said, I, I kind of, it was hit or miss for a while. I, I really didn't, uh, you know, know what to do. Um, and then it, it wasn't probably until about, Maybe about three years ago where I really, you know, and I've had diabetes for well, 12 years now. Um, so and 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 uh, that was because of bumping into certain people like Dr. Ken Berry and and working on some of my, my movies and things like that. And, and keto really wasn't talked about. Um, you know, I didn't hear a whole lot about it. I didn't hear a whole lot about intermittent fasting until I did. The, the, the documentary uh, that I created, The Diabetic You, and, and spoke to Jason Fung. So, you know, and, and that's really a testament, very sad, because, you know, when we think about the people who we trust um, to give us that, that guidance, which is our doctor, and, and they're not giving us this guidance, they're not telling us what we should eat and how we should eat and, and things like that. Um, because once again, doctors aren't trained in nutrition, right? Uh, they're basically, you know, pushing meds, right? And um, so it, it wasn't until I bumped into a few people where I really said, you know what, let me, let me look into this. And, and unfortunately, too, as well, there's a few different ways to do keto. Um, there's dirty keto, clean keto, so on and so forth. And I, I don't think I was doing it right initially. So I was going online and then, you know, grabbing this and grabbing that, grabbing this nut, grabbing that thing. And and it wasn't until I, I went to Dr. Ken Berry's YouTube where I, it really was explained to me of, of how to to eat keto. So I, I got back on it again a couple of years ago and then um, just, just made it my own, you know. So at first I was, you know, Bacon and eggs three or four, two, 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 three times a day. And then I said, well, no, I don't, I don't want to eat that much bacon and eggs. So I cut back on that. And, and so now, really, I'm at a point, Richard, also where I kind of, I do a lot of intermittent fasting, which is a reset for the body. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable what, it, what, what fasting does for us. Um, because if you think about it, Richard, you know, we, we come from a, a culture and a time where people at times may have only eaten once a day, right? If you look at, let's say the Native American Indians, I mean, you know, when they got up in the morning, they weren't making bacon and eggs. Um, you know, literally they may have, they may only have eaten once a day. And, and at times you had to go and catch what you were, what you were gonna eat. And if you couldn't catch it, you didn't eat anything, 
right? Um, so fasting is something that is is uh, is already inside of us. So I do a lot of fasting, and for me, eating once a day works. So like I said, I'll have a nice steak. I'll have, and if I'm if I'm a little you know uh, hungry, I might make um, a, a little sausage with with some egg whites, and I'm really good. So I'm not only am I limiting my my calorie intake. But but um, I'm also once again eating some good proteins, some some good minerals. I take a lot of vitamins and do I walk a lot and things like that. And and it's really easy. And and at the end of the day, Richard, you know, we got one life. And if we mess this thing up, you know, we we're gonna have some some serious problems. So, um, you know, um, that's really just how I look at it. You know? So, what was your last A one? Um, mine is probably my last one. Uh, it was probably a, maybe a 5.7 or something like that. So that's, you don't even have diabetes. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, and I, I stay in ketosis. My, my ketones are usually, you know, anywhere from, you know, 0.6 to nine to one, you know, uh, uh, you know, my blood sugars stay in, in, you know, in the 90s, maybe 94, 90, 93 or something like that. Sometimes, you know, in high 80s, 89 and, uh, you know, doesn't usually go above 100. Um, and that literally that that's from and, and when it does or it, it hasn't it, many times. But I remember a couple of months back, I caught myself because because I, I realized, Richard, that I had a food addiction. And uh, it's kind of really weird to say it. Um, and, and, and at times it's a little shameful, right? I mean, because when you think of addiction, you think of drugs, alcohol, sex, and things like that. And then to think of a food addiction. And, and even though it wasn't, you know, where I was sitting and, you know, like my 600 pound life sitting and eating, you know, a ton of, uh, you know, pizza and things like that and, and chips and things. But there were days where I would kind of break down and, and get to a point where I was ashamed of, you know, I remember sometimes Richard running out and, and at 7-Eleven, I'm a, you know, I love beef patties and at 7-Eleven, they have some very good beef patties, um, better than ones in Jamaica. I just like them. And, you know, Richard, I find myself um, running out at, 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 at 12 o'clock at night to go get me two beef patties and, 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 uh, <laughs> You know, and uh, then when the kids are here, I find myself, you know, messing around with some 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 potato chips and some cookies here and there. And, and uh, you know, it, it just got to a point where it was like, you know, stop. And uh, so that's, you know, when, when I get to that point, that's when, you know, or not when I haven't done it many times. But keto is one of the things where I kind of said, OK, enough and got on back on keto and within four or five days of being on keto and hitting ketosis, um, those numbers got got back to where it was supposed to be. So talk to us about reverse. Well, reverse is something that I created a couple of years back. And I was actually, I created the first of a diabetes RV tour, testing tour. Um, and I realized, Richard, I wasn't reaching as many people as I needed to. We needed to reach millions. And um, when you look at, you know, the companies that I was working with, these big pharma companies and, you know, they have billions and billions of dollars, but yet there's little to no marketing and advertising 
to, to, to just encourage people with diabetes. So I thought, well, what's the best way to reach masses amount of people with diabetes? So I said, you know what, if I created a TV show and at that point, you know, reality TV was really just, you know, booming. And, and I said, well, what if I brought in all these experts, you know, brought in some amazing uh, uh, people in diabetes who could, could, you know, help change their lives, um, we would have uh, a game changer here. And, um, and that's what I did. And, um, you know, and, and it's gone, it's gone uh, amazing. I, I, I created a pilot. Uh, really didn't know what to do with it at that point, Richard, and um, uh, kind of let it sit for about eight, nine months until I came back and said, you know what, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to call everyone that I can imagine and I'm going to go through the, through the phone book, the Rolodex, the this one and that one, and I'm going to find somebody who's going to sponsor this television show. And uh, I did that literally for probably uh, uh, close to about, a month and a half, two months, and uh, didn't find anybody. <laughs> and that's the sad part is that I reached out to so many people and, um, you know, so many companies. And then fortunately, I don't know how I found this person or they found me, but they said that they knew somebody at this one company and, and they were interested in what they told them about the show. And and they were interested in hearing more and, and got them on the phone. And, and it was... Uh, it was a great conversation, and uh, that led to them saying, "Hey, we would get behind this." And um, that which company? That company was Mankind, which makes a Frezza, which is the inhaled insulin. And um, so that's how we got the start of, of the first series. And uh, but you know, uh, on that note, you know, it, it's it's a sad cry because uh, we're really in this in this battle ourselves, and unfortunately, you know. Um, these companies really, you know, they, they can care less about us, you know, and we're just a number. So we, if we don't help ourselves, then uh, we're really fresh out of luck. And so, you know, I have a question because, you know, a lot of um, pharma companies, they're not in the business of healing people. They're in the business of creating customers. So did you face a lot of backlash when, you know, talking about, oh, well, you can reverse diabetes. Did you have any backlash? You know what's interesting? I, I never said I was going to reverse diabetes. The, the name, the, the, the reverse came from me wanting to reverse the mental, physical, and spiritual and emotional uh, uh, states of a person. Because I knew that if you were able to look yourself in the mirror and make a change, that you could make a change in, in, in everything whether it's your health, whether it's the person that you are. So that's what really, and also the, in the, def, the definition of reverse, one of the definitions is to reverse, is to reverse the forward progress or to slow the forward progress. So it was really about trying to slow the forward progress of what was going on with you know, people's bodies. It wasn't uh, you know, anything more than that. But yeah, um, you know, of course, in my mind, it was reversing diabetes. Um, I didn't really, you know, I just knew that it worked for me and I brought in some other people who, who, you know, thought the same way. We didn't have the, the greatest of plans per se, not like we did on this season, but it was a beautiful season that we shot in Jamaica. 
And it, it literally, everybody's life changed. I mean, Lisa lost over 60 pounds. Jerome came off insulin. I mean, it was, it was tremendous what we did do. Um, but um, I, I, was, I was attacked by people in, in diabetes. I mean, because at this point, Richard, nobody was talking about reverse um, or reversal. Now it's the hot thing. You got big companies like Verda Health. You've got, you know, a ton of other companies who are doing big things in reversing type two diabetes and they're proud to talk about it and everybody talks about it. But when I talked about it, it was it was brand new and people even in diabetes were like, you know, basically, how dare you? I remember <laughs> I remember uh, the sponsor had a, a big a big publication that um, actually he he recommended to come to Jamaica. And um, as soon as they got there, as soon as they got there, I could just see that they were no good. And um, and, and it's a big publication. I forget the name of it. Um, and uh, man, they, 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 they ripped. They were only there for like a day, you know, and man, they ripped into me. And it was like, you know, um, it, yeah, they went all in uh, in on me. And um I was I was blown away because I'm like, you know, they didn't even stay to see what the what the what the what the show was about. They don't even know what the show was about yet. But, but yet but yet they 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 beat me up like this because because we're, you know, trying to change people's lives. Um, unbeknownst to me, I think that they actually had some issues with the company and 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 really were trying to take it out on the company because the company was doing something cutting edge as far as uh, inhaled insulin. And and you'd be very surprised that this is a, a, a competition in many ways in, in this business. And, and um, you know, people are, you know, pharma companies don't want to see other companies do well. And, and, and it turned into a, a little bit of a mess. And, uh, you know, uh, so, so yeah, so long story short, um, you know, that's, that's, that's where we're at, you know? And then the second season they renewed, they got you a second season and then. No, I, I actually did that myself. I actually did that myself. Um, this season right here, I did, um, based on, I, I wanted to find a way to, to get back to, to changing lives. And I, I realized that, uh, Unfortunately, we weren't going to find many companies that believed in us based on um, based on, you know, diabetes. Right. I mean, because especially if you're talking about reversing. So I said, you know what, if I if I pulled in the keto um, side of things and low carb and, and fasting that I could probably find some sponsors. And um, so we we kind of looked at the low hanging fruit and said, you know, let's use keto as as a way to reverse type two diabetes, and we don't have to be shy about it. We don't have to 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 hide anymore in the bushes and 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 act like it can't be done. So that's kind of how we we pulled it together. And uh, you know, it's it's not easy, and and you know, always blows me away because especially with the work that we do and the fact that you know you you think you know you think that there's just so many people that want to help, but really. You know, there's really not, you know, I mean, I was talking to somebody today, Richard, and, you know, I would love to do a series on sickle cell, which gets, you know, absolutely no coverage. And um, I'm not, it's, it's not sexy. So. It's not sexy. Exactly. That's one of the reasons. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's billions of dollars in all of these conditions. Um, and, um, 
you know, it, it, just to find a, a potential sponsor to say, hey, let's go tell some stories of people living with sickle cell. And, you know, they're not my stories. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to get any glory over here. I'm just trying to share a little bit of, this, uh, of what they're dealing with. But to find someone to, to get behind that is uh, is is few and far between. And then um, also your your mom is dealing with a rare disease and. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about that, because, you know, just, it's something if something happens to us, we're like, OK, I yeah. can. Deal. But when something happens to your inner circle, that's yeah. a whole different deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's dealing with uh, a condition called uh, complex regional pain syndrome. And uh, it, it's 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 something you you wouldn't want to wish on your worst enemy. And um, it's the pain is is rated higher than. Uh, amputation and childbirth. Um, so it's 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 a horrible thing, and uh, I didn't know anything about that. She got it and she had it for years, and she didn't didn't know what it was, and and that's usually the 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 the, the thing with with CRPS is that people have it and they don't know they even have it. And now was years. that an inflammatory response? Yeah, basically, basically, oh. basically. So yeah, they have it for years. They don't even know they have it, and and um, uh, you know I've seen her. You know, I mean, it, and it's debilitating. It even gets into your stomach, um, and, and and causes something which they call gastroparesis, gastroparesis. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I created a docuseries, documentary on her, because I just you know seeing her suffer, I, I felt like I wanted to do something to give back to her, but then also. I started to see all of these other people who were dealing with it and hear their stories. And I thought, you know what, let me just make this a big, a big, uh, you know, documentary on, on the people who are living with this. And because what, what's, what's ironic, Richard, is that she didn't want to be filmed. So I said, I'm going to go ahead and start this thing without her. So I went ahead and started without her. And then lo and behold, she was supposed to get some treatment in Atlanta and that treatment failed or didn't didn't come to fruition. And so I said, well, I know a doctor who in Florida who would treat you. I said, but yeah, I got to film you. You know, he's willing to treat you for free. But, you know, I've got to film you. And um, she agreed to it reluctantly. And that's how I was able to get some of her in the, in the film. But um, I, I had to go ahead and get this thing started uh, with other people. So now talk to us about what you're doing now, because, you know, um, I was talking to some a, a young lady. She had um, a certain form of cancer. Yeah. And, and she didn't realize for the her for her form of cancer, um, keto actually helps. Of course. It, a lot yeah. of people don't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cancer cells feed yep. on sugar. Yeah. So for her going on keto actually helped her get into remission. Yep, you're so right. So talk to us about what you know what you got going on and some of the things that you've done talking to cancer patients that are struggling and maybe changing their diets and stuff. Yeah, I created I created um everybody who's listening a beautiful series called Eight Days of uh, where we took took five people living with cancer and brought them to Mexico to work with a company called Hope for Cancer Alternative. And uh, it, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's a it's a beautiful piece of, of, of work of art. Um, and uh, it, 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 it really just, you know, 
followed them and their loved ones kind of telling their stories so that people would understand, you know, what it was like dealing with, uh, you know, someone who was living with uh, cancer, but also seeing them go through treatment and, and, uh, and, and, getting, and getting help. And uh, of course, diet is a major part of this. And that's, that's one of the things that I, I was able to see too as well. And, um, you know, it, it's something where you literally have to get in there and literally change everything about, you know, uh, yourself. Once again, going back to that mental, physical, and spiritual, emotional changes that, that we need to make in order to, to, uh, to live our best life. So yeah, it's a great series. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's out on my platform. So one of the things that I'm doing right now, Richard, is I, I've created, I've created my own uh, network because, you know, I, instead of going to all of these other, you know, channels, discoveries and, and FYI and TLCs and all these kind of things like that, I thought, you know what, why don't I, why don't I do my own thing? And, um, and, and get my own shows on, on TV instead of, uh, um, you know, uh, you know, putting them on other places, people. So that's that's um, that's what I'm working on right now. Um, and and uh, I, I just launched a new uh, website that's called uh, yourhealthnetwork.com, and and it's going to be a portal, basically for um, uh, anything that has to do with conditions and and, and disease and reality shows and and um, uh, you know, you know, in-depth interviews. It, it, it's just, it, it's, it's going to be like the WebMD, but of, of, of video and TV and, and film and, 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 uh, and things of that nature. So trying to put that into effect and looking for some potential investors and, 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 uh, cause obviously I can't do it all by myself, but you know, we're going to get there sooner or later. So anybody listening and want to, want to want to be an investor feel free to give me a ring you know well this is going to go out when it does go out it's going to go out on 12 different platforms so it'll get a lot of eyes on it so last couple questions that i have um you started answering one of them but how do we find you and how can we support your mission definitely yeah you can find me honestly i'm i'm very easy to find i think if you just google me which is charles maddox you know uh uh, c-h-a-r-r c-h-a-r-l-e-s last name maddox m-a-t-t-o-c-k-s uh that's the the same as my website which is charlesmaddox.com um uh you can find us at at your health network y-u-r health network.com and um uh, you know, same as Instagram and Facebook and things like that. And, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I'm always accessible and always looking to, to, to work with people who are, who are doing things to help other people in, in, in ways of, of health. I mean, that's really my mission, Richard. I feel like the Mahatma Gandhi, the Martin Luther King of, of what I do. And, uh, oh, and one other thing that I'm working on is, uh, a, a series called reverse the church. So it's, it's kind of, like uh, flip my house, uh, but we're going to go into the church and we're going to take uh, about a hundred people out of the church basically and, and change their lives and show that, you know, with, with, with uh, the right tools that, you know, uh, we can change masses and mass amounts of people. All right. So normally I, the next question is my last one, but because of you, 
I got you. <laughs> well, I got another question after that. <laughs> now we live in a crazy world. Obviously, you know we yeah. live in New York, New Jersey. We don't have the greatest governors and mayors. Uh huh. They're starting to lock down stuff again. So we got a lot of parents that are driving Uber and DoorDash. Yeah. To, you know, put food in the kids' mouths. Yeah. So if I ask the average person to do something in seven days, they're never going to get to it. Yeah. But if I ask somebody to take an actionable step in the next 24 hours, yeah. they're more likely to do it. Yeah. So if there's somebody listening to this right now, struggling with their health, mm. maybe with diabetes, what is something they can do in the next 24 hours to start to get some help? Number one, I, I would say, once again, this is what works for me. Sometimes, Richard, we have to literally go home and look in the mirror, right? And, 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 and it's a figurative mirror and a literal, to, literal mirror. And sometimes we have to look in that mirror and just look at ourselves. And, and you know, I, and I do it. Sometimes I look and I, I've been in the past where I've been overweight and I, and I say, Charles, what are you doing? And, and I have to say, stop, look in that mirror and say, enough. I have to take back my health. I have to take back my life. I want to get back to when I wore this size dress or this size uh, 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 skirt or, or this size pants um, or shirt and get back there and be happy and proud of who we are. And take the steps so that we we could avoid all the sickness that comes with with eating wrong and not living a, a healthy life. So it, it's it's really go home, look in that mirror, look in that mirror. Because you know, just because we may put on a couple of years doesn't mean we can't still stay. You know, looking the way we we should be looking, right? I mean, we don't want to be one of those friends or those schoolmates where you, where you say, man, have you seen Johnny? You know, I mean, we all went to school with Johnny. How come he looks 30 years older than all of us and, and 45, 50 pounds heavier than all of us? You know, we, we want to be that person where people still can't believe how, young, how old we are, right? Because we've aged so well because we've taken care of ourselves. Um, we don't want to be that one that they say, man, what had, what, what were they eating or what were they doing? Um, so, so look in that mirror and, 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 and know that you can make the changes, put your faith in, 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 in a high power or creator and, and know that, uh, that, uh, better days are ahead. I love it. So my last question is now, I don't know if I'm off base. I might be off base, might not be, but, um, you sound like you're a man of faith. Mm. And I'm a, I'm a man of faith. I, I try to be. I'm not perfect, but um, I die every day for him. Mm. So if there's a person out there struggling with their faith, what is something they can do in the next 24 hours to start getting a little bit more peace and harmony in their life? Mm. That's a good question. Once again, I, I think that goes back to digging inside of ourselves, taking some time to just meditate. Sometimes you got to turn off everything and, 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 and turn away everyone and just literally just, you know, you might just want to just veg out in the house for the day or, or, or go lay on a beach somewhere and just take time for you. And uh, I was at my son's school today and, and one of the teachers, every time I see her, she, she looks miserable. You know, and I said, hey, I'm always like, hey, you're right. Hey, how are you? You know, and uh, 
So she's like, yeah, you know, and, and, and I'm just like, hey, listen, you got to you gotta take time for you. You said you got two kids, you got a husband, you're working. I mean, you, know, you got to enjoy this life because it's, it's short. And if you don't take time for you to meditate, to, to relax, to just, you know, not kill yourself. Work and life is not about work, 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 work. It's really not. I know we've been trained to believe that, but it's really about the memories, man, and creating amazing memories. I just had a, a girl that I know who uh, is a, a dating a buddy. And uh, I don't think this girl is more than 38 years old and just died from from you know, some health-related things and some other things that she was dealing with and some substance abuse, I think, had played, might have played a part in it. But, you know, 38 years old. I remember we're laughing with her at the at the pool. And, you know, now with this, this, you know, this pandemic that we're dealing with, I mean, it's like people are dropping down like flies every day. And we don't know who, who might be next. And it could be us. So we got to live. We got to live. We got to live the best we can and put ourselves in a position where we are living a healthy, abundant, beautiful life, blessing not only ourselves, but others. I love it. So now Halloween's coming up. So are you going to get all decked out in a, in one of those red sweatsuits, have this, have this, <laughs> with a Kango on, and, and no. your it all ripped out like LL? No, no, unfortunately not. I'm not on that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. It was uh, I had such a fun time talking to you, brother. Oh man, uh, best. I'm so grateful for you. Um, and if there's anything I can ever do to further your mission, um, I'll, I'll do whatever I can to help help your your goals and your mission. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Richard. All right, brother. God bless you, and God bless the family. All right. Talk soon. Right, bye. Hey guys, it's me, the comeback coach. Guys, I just want to tell you about a person in my life that is truly, truly amazing. And she's actually changing the world one house, one home at a time. Her name is Tammy Moses of The Hoarding Solution. She's the founder and chief encouragement officer of Homes Are For Living, The Hoarding Solution, which is a veteran-owned and operated business. Tammy provides virtual consultations and workshops on the issues of hoarding. She believes in inspiring others to take their adversity and use it for the greater good. She is the voice of AKOPTH, adult kids of parents that hoard. She is also a voice and advocate for our, of, for YLITH, youths living in the hoard. You can connect with Tammy at Homes Are For Living at gmail.com and on Facebook at Instagram at The Hoarding Solution. So guys, if you know anybody that's struggling with any kind of hoarding issue, please reach out to Tammy. She has a heart of service and she truly cares about people. All right, guys, remember vertical momentum. The only way to go is but up. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.